Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. What's up, dude? Well, I have already had quite the You're getting a divorce. No. (laughs) That would be, to be honest with you, I'd probably be skipping the podcast if that was the case. Like, I know I'm, you know loyal to the cause and everything like that but i don't think you would no (laughs) no yeah you're right self-worth is that high like yeah i know i'm getting a divorce but i still gotta do this podcast because i gotta do everything yeah (laughs) that's uh you know what you're probably not wrong you're probably not wrong that's where i'd be at um no so we're uh we're recording a little bit later than we usually do Uh, because I've started to realize, and I don't know if this is just on my end, but this might, you know, maybe you feel this way as well. I don't know. I have this whole morning routine that because it gets artificially shifted forward in time, um, everything else gets super messed up. So here's what I mean. Normally, I'm up at 4, out the door by 4.30, in the gym by 4.45, 5 a.m., Hour-long workout, maybe even a little longer, leaves me a little extra time buffer window to get on with the rest of my day. Then I immediately come back and I uh, either take Grizzly for a W or I take him to uh, the P word. I can't say either of these things because he's in the room with me right now. And if I say either of those words, then he'll get really excited. Right now he's uh, sleeping it off because I just took him to uh, the, the P word, the the place where dogs go to you know have fun so he's sleeping it off right now but i don't want to chance it and get him excited and riled up again um but here's the problem the gym uh, like this is directly antithetical to the way that i would think it would be the gym opens at 4 a.m monday through friday and then opens at 7 a.m saturday and sunday why someone tell me why about this We've talked about this. Have we? Oh, yeah. We've talked about the P word and the W's and the gym not opening. And then on Sunday, it's not even open till two in the afternoon. (laughs) No, uh, on Sunday, it's not even open till eight. (laughs) Hey, what's up with that? It's even worse. So you can see how then it shifts my workout from seven to eight. And then I still have to do something with grizzly and i can either do that before or after but the thing is he gets more tired if i take him to the p word and let him run around with other dogs i also think he enjoys it more than just doing a run or a walk shit okay he's okay (laughs) Uh, a a run or a w with me so so then i take him to the p word after uh, i went to the okay so here's how today went then so at seven i go to the gym I've had a lower back thing for the past week as well. Um, Just like it's really sore and well, it's not just soreness. It's it actively is injured in some way. Like I've got some kind of inflammation going on there. So I've been babying it all week. I didn't do a single leg day all week, all week. Okay, didn't do a single leg day. So I figured, all right, 
let me do a leg day. Let me do some squats. Let me do some deadlifts. Did my deadlifts, felt fine. Started squatting. Immediately, the lower back just like gave out. Wasn't able to keep going. So I'm like, now I'm back to where I was, where I'm not sitting very comfortably. Being in my car isn't very comfortable. Like walking around isn't very comfortable. Like basically, I'm legit on. I'm not only on an old man eating and sleeping schedule, but I'm also on an old man like living arrangement at, at, at the current state. So that's not great. Um, so that so my gym time is not only not very uh, quality, but it also is pushed back in the day. So then I'm done by eight. I get home. Actually, I don't think I was even done by eight. I was like done by eight thirty or something like that, and then home by you know eight eight thirty eight thirty five you know whatever. Then uh, I take Grizzly out to the P word, and immediately I knew that this was going to be a problem. So this is probably not going to matter or make much sense to non dog people, but for dog people, uh, you know, it may sound like I'm being um, elitist or judgmental, and that's because I. <laughs> well, I was going to say that's because I am. I get to the P word with Grizzly and like, you know, admittedly, I do a whole bunch of shit where I'm like training him as well as, you know, having him enjoy himself. So like I just have him stop periodically and he has to wait and he's, you know, I'm not holding him. And then I open the gate and then he comes inside into that little airlock area. Then I have him lay down. I take off his leash. I have him wait. I open the gate. I walk out. I put up his leash. I'm waiting for him to like, he's being patient. I say, yes, go. And then he can run out and he can play, you know, whatever. So, you know, I get it. Not everybody has to do those things. I do those things just because it keeps him, you know, like, I have to keep working the fundamentals. He always has to be working on stuff. Otherwise, uh, those fundamentals go away. Well, getting up to the park, I knew that this dog was going to be a problem because everything like there are just some owners who are what are what I call a crank and yank owners, which is basically they just like yell at their dog and they're just like pulling on the leash or even worse is the people who will like reprimand the dog and swat at their backside like give them a little you know and it's like i have no idea why you think that that's a good idea because all you're doing it's like you're not cementing any lesson or you're not like showing your dog how they should be behaving all you're doing is ratcheting up the intensity and like making them afraid of you or making them resent you or something like that like it's not it's it's the type of people who just say sentences to their dog and expect them to understand. It's like, Grizzly doesn't know what to do if I just say, like, hey, what are you doing? Ah, like, all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, he knows what I mean when I say sit or when I say down or when I say heal or when I say any of the words that he has been trained to learn what those words are. Like, I don't understand people who, like, yell at their dog But it's like, it's not with anything constructive. Like, it's just, it's like, how the fuck is your dog going to understand that? They have never been taught those phrases. If you haven't taught your dog what, hey, get over here means, guess what they're not going to do? Like, they don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to do that. So anyway, so I knew that this lady was going to be a problem because she's just like, you know, like already just like yelling at her dog and doing all this kind of crazy shit. Well, fast forward like 40 minutes of us being there. I'm just having some conversation with some guy, you know, Grizzly's out there doing his thing. And um, this lady's dog, uh, and it's unfortunate because it's a pit bull. And I am a dog owner who has a dog that I feel like people um, 
have biases towards or against as the case may be. Like I've got a yeah. German shepherd. A lot of people just like feel uncomfortable. He's a sweetie, but a lot of people just like feel uncomfortable around him because it's like, yeah, he does have the capacity to kill you. He could certainly kill you. <laughs> like he could kill me at any yeah. time. But the the fact is, is like he actually is not enabled to do so. Like he's actually more afraid of things than he is like that. He would now, if you break into my house, that's a little different. Like he'll probably be a little aggro. Um, but when we take him to like, there's a restaurant here called Oso, very dog friendly and like has a patio and stuff. He mostly just like lays down under the table and he's just like, okay, I'm good. Like I've got my bowl of water. I'm good. Like, you know, whatever he, he doesn't, he's not like super adventurous in territory that he doesn't like, he just sticks to my side. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So he, he's uh-huh. not that dog that you have to be worried about. But anyways, this is all a tangent on top of a tangent. Um, but the point is, is that this, uh, so I feel bad because this lady's dog is a pit bull and I don't have any problems with pit bulls. I think they're real sweeties, but, uh, or they can be, uh, basically I have a problem with any untrained dog. That's the right. problem. The problem isn't the, because if chihuahuas actually were large enough to be threatening, most people who own them, they would be like the biggest asshole dogs because they, nobody trains a chihuahua. No one has done it for some reason. And it's like, no, you should like, just because it can't hurt anyone doesn't mean it's not annoying or an asshole or all kinds of things. Anyways, see, these are my elitist opinions about dog training. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is why people probably will not agree with this segment of the podcast, or maybe they will. I don't know. Point being this, um, pit bull starts, like playing pretty aggressively with this little like Shiba Inu puppy to the point where the owner's getting a little uncomfortable. So she starts like nudging the Shiba Inu out of the way. And then the pit bull just goes nuts, opens up the jaws, gets on him, you know, whatever. And so now the dogs are like crying, like, like the, the other dog is just yelping and whatever. And everyone's going fucking crazy at this point. And I just have Grizzly like lay down where he's at because he will root there because like, again, don't mean to sound like an elitist, but he's a well-trained dog. I took the time, the energy, and the money and did everything that I had to to make sure that he isn't a fucking asshole. Like, anyways, so the point being, so then I run over there and I'm like, you know, helping out. We get it all settled and whatever, but the other dog is like bleeding a little bit because the pit bull had like latched on and kind of started shaking. The owner like picks him up and now there's tensions because people are yelling at each other. And what does the owner of the pit bull do? She immediately grabs him by the collar and just swats at him and whatever. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, and I didn't want to have this whole mansplaining moment. So I just kept to myself. I just shut the fuck up. And I was like, I checked in on the dog owner and her dog. Are you okay? Are you okay? Good. And we got the fuck up on out of there. I wasn't going to sit here and give my advice to everybody and like say why everybody is doing things wrong. (laughs) But, but that was exactly, it's like, you're perpetuating the problem here, lady. This dog is like, you know, reacting this way and you're just going to swat him or you're going to make him fear you. He doesn't look at you as a composed leader. He doesn't look at you like dogs seek a pack leader. And what a pack leader is, is like very unbothered and unconcerned. They're cool. They're calm. They're collected. They're, um, they just, they ask once. And if you don't do it after that one time, they they correct you. And then so therefore you learn that you have to do it every time that one time. So I don't know, basically. So there was a whole lot of ruckus and events that occurred already in my morning. And now my back hurts and I'm just tired. Wow. I slept in. Oh, that's why you you were late? (laughs) Yeah, that's why I was late. Because I slept in. Yeah. So that's much more desirable. I... 
had a dog fiasco, not even involving my dog. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one. I have no comment on dogs. I don't own a dog. Yeah, I see what you did there, though. With it's a rough one. Yeah, you like that? I like that. That's that's because I'm still waking up. Yeah, the best part of waking up is making really shitty dog jokes. Um, yeah, so that that was my morning. It was uh pretty pretty obnoxious, but it just cemented to me that like, you know, I don't know. If you're gonna own a dog, take the time to like understand how they work. Like, I mean, you can also not, right? But it's it's kind of like owning a car. If you don't understand, like that, oh, you need to get the oil changed and rotate the tires and all that kind of shit. Like, if you don't understand to do those things, because like I'm gonna admit, and Chris is gonna be not surprised at all because he knows this already about me. I'm not a car guy. <laughs> I'm the farthest from a car guy. In fact, one time, uh, Chris was a true gentleman and decided to sit and wait with me because I locked my car or my uh, key to my car in my truck. And where was the spare key? On the very same key ring that lived inside. (laughs) So, so Chris already knows that I'm not a car guy. But that said, it's like. Well, I pay to get my oil changed all the time, like preemptively. I make sure my tires are rotated and balanced. I do the diagnostics when, you know, things come up. Like I'm not a car guy, but I do the necessary things to make sure I have a running and working vehicle so that I'm not putting myself or any others at danger and that I'm not stranding myself without a car. Now, there are other friends that I have that just like absolutely don't do this shit. And so that's my analogy. It's a weak analogy, but that's my analogy for, you know having a dog if you're going to have a dog like you have to put the time the energy the money into it otherwise you're kind of an asshole well it's also like an an, uh, another level of responsibility that you know it's not like a car where it's you know you you know the proper routine to maintain it like you know it needs an oil change every Mm -hmm. five thousand miles three thousand miles whatever you want to do once a year I think it is now with the new cars, which is crazy. My car just goes. It's crazy. It just does not like I even go preemptively before the signal comes on or anything like that. But it's like it just it's it's crazy. It just does not need oil changes as frequently like my Ford Ranger that required (laughs) oil changes frequently. But but with something like it was something uh, with a, a living thing like a dog, it's you know it has a capability to make its own decisions. It knows when right. it's hungry, when it's tired. Right. It knows when it wants to go for a walk. So it, you have to learn how to communicate with this creature that you've decided to take responsibility for. And not only that, you can't just assume because you know you want them. I, I assume that most dog owners want their dogs to reflect their personalities yeah. and and their points of views. But they if they don't take the time to you know inject them into their dogs injects the wrong word injects the wrong word uh, yeah you know like teach their dogs you know be nice this way don't play this rough right it's 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 an assumed thing i think people that's like even with like business stuff like you want to hire me as a a filmmaker but i need to tell you who i am first that helps you justify my skill set so we have to do that with responsibilities with you know like dogs if we want them to act a certain way we have to take the time to teach them and get them on board with your uh mindset and point of view and your your personality traits you'd like to exude from your offspring 
Yeah, no, exactly. I, I think that's that's exactly correct. You know, it's like, for example, um, uh, Grizzly was not we we live in a in a house now, but my backyard is also the connection to a rear unit. So somebody else lives there and they have a gate that's in the back so they don't have to like drive like their car can go out that way. But their mailbox is at the front of the house. So they come through our backyard all the time. At first, this was incredibly disturbing to Grizzly because it's like basically if you meet him anywhere that's not home, he is the biggest sweetie. He'll lie down at your feet, probably want a belly rub, like all kinds of stuff like that. If you come into the house, he has kind of a whole different thing where it's like just you. he has to vet you first. You know what I mean? It's like he just takes his guard dog responsibilities very seriously, which is like that's kind of an annoying thing. But then therefore I take the time with people who are new to coming into my house. It's like I'm like, hey, he's going to come sniff you, whatever. Don't like reach out for his face because he'll kind of think that's weird or something like that. Just let him sniff you. Let him check you out a little bit. Just kind of ignore him for a second. And then he'll be totally kosher and then he'll probably lie down or he'll probably, you know, come lick your hand and and you need to pet him. But like at first, just let him do his thing. He has to do that. That's how he feels comfortable. So it took um, two times of like a supervised visit for him to be comfortable with my neighbor. He's not the type of dog that like you can just walk through my yard and he'll be cool about it. Like and Uh I understand that. But I also take ownership of that. So therefore, I proactively went to my neighbor and I was like, hey, since it looks like we're sharing like a little alleyway here, like I would really love for him to be your buddy. I, would, I want him to do whatever. Let's get him introduced. Let's do whatever. And so it took two times because after one introduction, we thought like, OK, he's probably good. Then she just came in through the backyard and he was not kosher with it. So then I was like, you know, I was really apologetic. I was really embarrassed to a degree. And I was like, let's do this again. So we did that drill and then I immediately had her come back. He was fine with it. We tested it again, tested it again, and now he's totally fine. So it's like you have to do these things because you have to take responsibility of this. This tangent, so this is unplanned, but I had a a pretty, I mean, this is personal information about me and my career that like I might not want to talk about, but I had a very difficult week. Uh-oh. And I could use some of that Chris Scott advice that maybe this is just me being my own enemy or maybe I'm onto something here or maybe not. I don't know. Worth diving did you, into. Did you uh, not? Did you do work below your pay pay rate? No, this is actually this is finally a distinct problem. This is this is something distinct. Um, and this is more about you, your personality, your yeah. eating habits. Like you're over it? It's a bubble bursting? Are you over it? No, no, not that. Um, Although it's good. Let's dive into it. Let's be as vague as possible. Yeah. I'm I'm going to not refer to specific people, but this is one of those things where, you know, sometimes I find that Chris gives me really good and salient advice because not only... You can get good advice from somebody who's not yourself because, A, they're looking at things just from outside of your own perspective. So what's like I openly admit in this scenario, I might just be like thinking too much with my ego. And that might be something that like is problematic. Um, But, you know, to be honest with you, like it's weird to say this, but uh, this week in business, my feelings got kind of hurt. Oh, no. Yeah. And uh 
you know, I, I kind of just need that that like outsider perspective on is this the type of thing like basically I, w- I want you to tell me, is this something that is in my pay grade that I should worry about or is this something that I shouldn't be worried about? And just like, you know what, take all, all those like weird feelings that you're having, just take them and, you know, bre- break up with that, as Chris Scott would say. Right. So this is I don't know. We should make this a segment, but this is like Chris Scott teaches you how to business. Or it just rambles about a tiny thing from work. <laughs> well, I don't know. This, this feels like a big deal to me. So, oh, of course it does. Yeah. Um, let's say that I am. So I came back to work for this company, right? Right. And one of the things they they came to me, they called me. And when I say they called me. Um, a really high level person in the sales organization called me and said, Hey, uh, a lot of things have been slipping through the cracks. A lot of things have been problematic. We need you to come back and do your thing. Like, would you be interested? And I was interested because I was working for a startup at the time. It was kind of mixed in how it was doing. It was causing me a whole lot, whole lot of stress. So I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Like that's, you know, as long as we can meet my terms and as long as you're getting what you want out of the deal, it sounds fair, whatever. Then this high level salesperson said, okay, great. You're going to get a call from X and X is the equivalent high level person, but in a division that's not sales. They're in the division that I work for, which is sales operations. Fuck it. Let's just call it what it is. They're, they're a high level person in, in sales ops now. So wait, so there's a sales department and a sales and operations department. Correct. Yeah. So, okay. so we are like, basically they want to, our, our organization is large enough and has enough money to where the salespeople really don't have to do, like, they don't have to worry about how their order is going to be processed or like, they don't worry about all the, like, I basically what my job is, is that. The way we sell stuff and the way that we actually operationalize it into contracts and into all this legalese and into how we actually, you know, ship these deals and do all that kind of stuff, it doesn't fit. It's like it's like forcing a square peg into a round hole. So I'm the person who basically like I figure out all the back end math, all the back end contracting language that we need, all the back end stuff, and I just make everything kind of go. Like I make everything uh-huh. fit. So while my checks are signed by sales operations i'm referred to as an honorary member of the major account sales team because like i work with them they are the people i talk to they are the people i like they're my end customer i make sure that they're happy like that's what i do so i don't really have connections to the operations department all that much um but the leader of this operations department was supposed to give me a call when i was like coming back into the org that never happened. Uh, instead, I got a call from somebody lower down on the chart who actually doesn't even work for the company anymore. And, you know, X, Y, Z. I didn't think too much of it um, until later when in my, like, first review cycle, it was said that this high power person has mixed opinions about me. And... I found that kind of odd because it's like, 
we've had two conversations. How does this guy even know what I'm about? Like how, right. or guy or girl, how does this person even know what I'm about? Like it, it, it seems odd that they would have mixed opinions about me when it's like, first of all, I'm a big reason that the trains run on time here. Like, and I, I'm not inflating like that is, it sounds like an egotistical thing to say, but it's honest to God. True. If you guys had to call me back after I quit, you guys had to call me back because shit was not going well. Then you tell me how this works. Like, you tell me. So this person has mixed opinions when, meanwhile, I um, have a great year in 2020. I, in fact, one could say I crushed. Uh, I got recognized not only like I got a – so I got a promotion and a raise just to come back into the company. And then at the end of that year, I got another promotion, like a skip level promotion and a raise to put me where I'm at currently. So like I'm in a whole different like tier. Uh huh. And as a part of that, and I just had like glowing reviews from the sales team that I work with. In fact, at our like company wide meeting, our 2021 company kickoff, the chief revenue officer, like, had a slide that was about me and just said like, Hey, shout out to Atish. He did a great job. Like whatever. He acknowledged me publicly to the entire company. Now this other leader, um, of the operations department of which I work under, he runs a monthly meeting. That's like, it's called an all hands. So, uh, operations all hands let's get everybody from you know whatever and we do updates and how are we tracking where are our metrics how are we towards our goals what are the things we need to pay attention to what's up and coming but then he also does a like a little shout outs bit he has never ever 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 addressed me or the work that i do ever and i don't have a problem with that at all but it's important for the context of where this is going that it's like I somehow have been good enough that the chief revenue officer who I've had one conversation with knows my name, knows the work I did, gave specific examples of how I helped and called me a 10 Xer for this company and like announced it in the company wide, like the, the company wide kickoff meeting. And yet I've never been addressed by the guy who's the leader of my own unit. Like you would think that he would be more like, Hey, this guy's doing a good job because it would show that he's doing a good job. Like I, I didn't understand that. Uh -huh. So continue to move forward. Here's what happened this week. So fast forward. So that's all background information, but here's what happened this week. There's a customer that has agreed to a contract and has been, uh, we have everything aligned, but we haven't sent them anything yet because they haven't sent payment. And right. when you're a government institution, you don't have to actually like cut a check or like get on the phone with your credit card. You can send what's called a purchase order, which basically is, hey, this is our intent to pay this dollar amount at this time, you know, whatever. And you send that and then that gets covered by the funds of the city because that's how that works. So this customer has not yet paid and therefore we haven't sent anything and it's been like two months. Wow. So it, it's kind of causing an issue internally. 
but then for some reason, so this high level person publicly comments to another person and says, get a no shit commitment date from a Tish or tell a Tish to get payment or get whatever or a no shit commitment date or else we have to debook or something. So first of all, so debooking meaning we can't book the value of the deal. Yeah, you, you're, you bounce out. Yeah. So it's like, first of all, I don't have any control over whether a customer pays or not. Like I help facilitate getting everything arranged and like the contracting details and whatever. I get on the phone with the customer if I have to, but I never talk about payment because I don't work in accounts receivable. Like that is not my job. I'd be more than happy to do so, but you have to give me the green light to do so because that is not something that I'm just going to do on my own accord. I'm not going to call a customer and be like, Hey, where the fuck is the money? Like, right. that's not, yeah, that's crazy. I don't, I don't have the training to do that. I don't even know specifically what I would be asking for. So if you want me to do that, that's totally fine. But you have to have a conversation with me to tell me that even more. So the part that really hurt my fucking feelings is that he publicly commented to somebody else to tell me to do something. And this somebody else isn't my boss, isn't my manager. It's not like a downstream connection. It's somebody who can maybe be thought of as my peer, maybe. And it was just like publicly posted that he like basically, and you're upset with me because the customer hasn't paid. It's like, that's actually the sales rep's job is to do that. So then we have a meeting because that happened on Tuesday. Every Wednesday morning, we have a meeting to talk about like, what issues we have, how do we streamline process, what big deals are coming in, what kind of stuff, whatever. He doesn't talk to me. We're on the same meeting, and I talk about these big deals we have coming through, whatever. He doesn't fucking say a thing. And so now I'm sitting here like, what the fuck? Like, uh-huh. I'm actively like, what is going on? It, like, because everyone else thinks that I'm doing a great job. This guy, like, I can't tell if I'm just making it up. If it just like mm-hmm. seems to me that this guy has an issue with me or if the, like, of course he has an issue with you at Tish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know. And then for just additional context, another person that I know who's like lower down in the company org, they also got sick of shit and they were about to quit. And then, um, they got positioned a new deal. They interviewed for that new position But this guy, the leader of the sales ops org, actually took the phone call with them and had the conversation. Hey, well, you were about to quit. Why should we trust you with this new role? Whatever. Those were the exact same questions. Remember from the beginning when I said that I left the org, those were the exact questions that were asked of me by those other lower level people. So that was the phone call that I was supposed to have with him. But he had it with this other person and not with me. Uh Uh-huh. So I guess what I'm rounding up to is A... Am I overreacting and feeling like this guy has an issue with me? B, I personally like to handle things straight on. I would like to just have a meeting with this person and be like, hey, what's the deal? Like, you know, whatever. But so B, is that a good or a bad strategy? And then C, should I 
kind of take this as a sign because ultimately at the end of the day, this guy decides how much money each department gets because we get X amount of money in the budget. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. You're like, this team's going to get this much. This team's going to get this much. This team's going to get this much. I am concerned that my growth and that my ability to kind of grow in a position or get promotions or get paid more is going to be hindered by this breakdown in relationship. So should I take this as a sign? I mean, I probably should anyways, but I, should I take this as a sign that like, okay, you're at a cruising altitude, you're making decent enough money, you're doing whatever. Maybe this is the sign that like you working for a big company was never really the idea and that, you know, use the funds to keep doing what you're doing, keep doing a great job, but also funnel that money into propping yourself up and understanding that being part of a company was never a long-term solution in the first place. Your thoughts. Okay. Okay. Now it's my turn to go through this. Yeah, it's 30 minutes. By the way, we're 30 minutes through, and I don't think you've barely had the chance to breathe into this place. I'm so sorry. I've been swallowing up all the air. Uh, No, I think this is a simple thing to assess. It's easy to see. Uh, The the C-Ops guy, sales op guy, is obviously threatened by it. Well, wait, 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 wait. Why why would you say he's obviously threatened by me? Is that so obvious? You leave the company. Yeah. Someone not in his department, a department where you uh, technically work in, right? Yeah. Uh, someone not in that department says, you need to come back because yeah. we're drowning. Yeah. He didn't call you. They no. didn't tell him to fix it. Maybe they gave him a chance to fix it and he couldn't. Yeah. So they had to go behind his back and get someone that actually could fix it. And then, boom, they have a great year. So great that they call you out in a slide at an all-employee meeting, which are always ridiculous. Did you have some musical act do a live stream? Did you have... Dude, yeah, it's it's that ridiculous. And do a a live stream show with, uh, I don't know. No, we had... uh, Peyton Manning as a keynote speaker. Oh wait, no, 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 no. That was that was the year prior. We had Michael Phelps as a keynote speaker. Can you fucking right. believe that? Who's probably your hero now? Because he's talking about depression all the time. Uh, yeah, you know what? Honestly, uh, Michael Phelps kind of is my hero. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's great. Uh, so I think that's what it is. It's uh, you're dealing with someone that's threatened by you, and I, I, uh, that's going to be a tough one to navigate. If he's pretty seated in his position. Oh yeah, maybe he, he doesn't is feel top dog, right? So you're that you're that thorn in his side that proves that he's not the greatest at his job. You're the guy that came in and fixed it all, closed all the deals, probably a record year. They always say that at all the all employee meetings. <laughs> yeah, I mean they did it's, say it was a record year. Who the fuck knows if it of, was <laughs> right? Because of you know they called you out as a big factor in that year. Yeah. Was he called out at all in this meeting? No, but I'm Who sure knows? his salary probably, and bonus structure is more than enough to make him exactly, feel special. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what it is. It's That's what it is. Hmm. And now it's like, oh, we have to figure out a way to get payment now. Let's just call this asshole who came in from <laughs> Sunshine Startups yeah. to close this deal, to go get a, a payment. Yeah. That's what I think is happening. 
Well, don't you think it's a little strange that a person who is so much farther in their career, a person who may or may not be in their 40s or 50s, is not able to come tell me that? Like, why wouldn't he just comment it? Even if he publicly commented it to me, why wouldn't he say, hey, we really need this payment. We need you to go do whatever. It's like, why would you tell another person? Because then I just read it. Like, I came up, we have this, like, dashboard page that shows all your activity from the past previous days and all that kind of stuff. I just read it because my name was mentioned there and the natural language processing software, therefore, like, picked it up and sent it to me. So I just read it that this guy was, like, talking about me. It's like... If you're going to post it publicly, why didn't you come talk to me? Like, what does, am I like, does it, am I overreacting or does it seem like he's avoiding me? Uh, he's avoiding you and you are not overreacting. It is an issue that needs to be dealt with. Mm. Now, here's the, so the larger question. Here was C. Is this the sign? No, it's not a sign. This is not? just BS that happens in the corporate world all the time. The feelings yes, are but hurt. is that the sign? Like, is that because no, that, no, that's the no, sign? No, no, it's not. You're, if you start your own company, you're going to have the same crappy problems to deal with. Really? You're going to have passive aggressive people. Yeah, it's not. It's always going to be there no matter what. That's it's just human nature to be to act this way, to be passive aggressive, to, you know, not mesh with someone, you know, 100 percent of the time. Mm. So I'm trying to so I'm trying to psychologically angle this into like a into a thing that it might not be. And that's what's sense. your solution to this? Are you going to bounce out? Are you going to start your own thing? Are you how comfortable are you in starting your own business at this moment? You're not comfortable with that not, at all. I'm not. No. But but what else are you going to do? Where do you want to go somewhere else? Do you want to go? <sighs> well, no, no, no. You're thinking too like uh, you're thinking too immediate action out of this or like you're thinking too directionally about this. Um, I'm a little bit more like, I guess what I'm saying is, is that if I already understand it's, it's kind of like the concept of memento mori. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, of course. <laughs> like if you, uh, basically memento mori is the concept of understanding that while you are living right now, you, you understand intrinsically that you are going to die one day. That you are going to, so therefore, it, it it affects the way that you carry yourself and what you choose to think of as important versus not important. Because with the view that one day you are going to die, so some some of these things don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Similarly, it's like, is this my business memento mori? Is this the idea that like, look, I've got a ceiling here. Regardless, because at the end of the day, I don't want to be the CEO of this company. I don't want to be the, you know, whatever. So... I naturally have a ceiling, but also I might have a ceiling that's a lot lower than that here because of some internal politics and some bullshit that I never thought that I was actually going to get involved with. So that kind of leads me to think that like, okay, it's not that like memento mori causes you to like, oh, I'm going to, you know, move to Brazil and just work for the, the villagers and all that kind of stuff. It's like not many people do that. The idea is not that you completely change it all around. Instead, it's that you use that to impact your decision making. So therefore, should my time, like just recognizing that maybe it's like, okay, I have a ceiling here at this company. It might be sooner than I thought. And maybe therefore I should be pouring just more of my time, effort and resources into my own business creation 
uh, while still, may, but just kind of, you know, keep doing the job to an admirable level, but maybe not worried about like, how am I going to get my next promotion or what am I going to do to be a 10 X or how am I going to raise the bar or like any of that kind of shit? You know what I mean? Right. Well, you've already raised the bar too high, in my opinion. What do you mean? You did too good of a job last year, probably working 900 hours a week, which is impossible, but somehow you figured it out. Yeah. Well, but uh, yeah, that's true. Well, you know, of course, it's, you've always known that you're not going to be the CEO of this company mm-hmm. or the CFO or the OPP of this company. What's an OPP? Yeah, you know me. Oh, you got me. I don't even know what uh, that stands for in that song. I have no idea. Let's Google it. <laughs> Let's Google but it's, it. It's, um, no, I mean, that's sort of the thing is that like. I've always known that I didn't want to be a CEO. Oh, I can't say what OPP stands for. Oh, it stands for something uh, not safe for podcasting. I don't feel comfortable saying it got on it. the podcast. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, I'll say yeah. it. I'll say it off mic. Yeah, well, we'll we'll discuss it later. Um, <laughs> um, the the point being is that like I've always known I didn't want to be the CEO or anything like that, but I didn't understand like the concept of a ceiling didn't really exist for me. In the sense that, you know, I've always tried my hardest to find mastery within a position. And then once you master that, you ostensibly always just move to the next thing. I've never been I've never considered the idea that I would be limited because, like, that's why I got all those fucking degrees. Right. It's like I never considered that I would be limited from something or excluded from something because of some reason that is outside of my work ethic or outside of the the results that I deliver. Like I always assumed that I would be able to move on because of, you know, the work that I deliver, my ethic, you know, hardworking, you know, blah, 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 all this kind of shit. Like I never thought that there would be some kind of reason external to those things that would preclude me from moving forward. This situation, which I acknowledge I might be overreacting on, Like, or I thought for a while, like, maybe I'm overreacting because I, as you can imagine, that morning I was pretty angry. (laughs) Right. So Uh, I just, I've never come to terms with the idea that, like, I rubbed, obviously, like, I've rubbed this guy wrong somehow. And I've never come to the, or I've never thought that that would limit my mobility in terms of moving upwards because of some guy's perception. Right. Well, it's it's definitely one of those things. So it sounds like you already know you're already going through. What what is this? Munchen by proxy? What is it? Munchausen's by proxy? That's I'm, I'm, what? What are <laughs> How you am talking I going about? through that? What 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 was the thing you were talking about? Hyperbole? Hi, what what's this? What's the thing you mentioned earlier? Some Latin word. You were just talking uh, about it. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. What were you talking about earlier about, uh, you know, you're going to die. Oh, memento mori. <laughs> memento mori. All right. So it sounds like you're already going through memento mori. Yeah. So, business memento mori. Yeah. So, you know, your time in this company is probably going to be for what? Another five years, another three years, another 10 years. I'd give it another three max. Right. So another three years. So, you know that. So what I would do if I were you is I would somehow resolve this issue. To make your last three years as frictionless as possible. 
Yeah. You yeah, don't no, want to be dealing with it because it's going to make you want to quit earlier and it's going to yeah. make you want to quit at a point where it's not going to be lucrative to you. The most advantageous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. because also to be completely honest, the reason why I say three years is because I may or may not have stock that vests four years from my start date, which was one year ago. So. You know. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Don't put that out there. Well, what I'm saying is that that would be a great little nest egg for starting a company. Yeah. So it sounds like you need to somehow resolve this issue. Yeah. And I don't know what that solution is. Is it requesting that you move to the sales department because you work with them 99% of the time? Is it having a sit down with this guy at some point with someone else to ask about this thing that you saw where you were like, hey, someone told me to go get a payment is that something i need to be worrying about yeah well well it's not even it's not even the role or like the ask because it's like totally if you want me to go fucking call him up or like send him an email or do anything like that i'd be more than happy to my problem is just with the way that it was done and it's like that's why i leave the door open a little bit for the possibility that i could be totally overreacting here but everyone that i tell about this scenario, which so far has just been yourself and my wife, uh, is say that I'm not overreacting, that this is like kind of troublesome, that it's odd, you know? And so right. my problem is just more with the way that that was conducted. It's like, you don't have to make me feel like an asshole. Like that was entirely your choice. You know what I mean? Like he, we need payment one way or another that I totally agree with. But you chose specifically to kind of make me feel like an asshole by telling someone to really come down hard on me and do it. And it's like not even a person. They don't I don't report to them. This is just some other person. It's like, why wouldn't you have a strongly worded conversation with me? Like, what are right. you so afraid of? What or like what? Why does it seem that you and I like why do you think because I didn't have any problem talking with him. I would I would love to. If he if he gave me a request or something like that, I would love to fulfill it. So it completely just like caught me off guard that clearly he doesn't feel the same way. Uh-huh. He obviously is avoiding me for some reason. And it's like, whoa, where the fuck yep. did that come from? Yep. It's it's odd. he's threatened. It's because he's threatened. But there's nothing to be threatened by. I don't have like he's the top of yes. the chain and I'm some guy like here ish. You made you made him look bad. Yeah, maybe. No, you did. You made him look bad. Well, so what am I supposed to be apologetic for that? I guess, no. right? No, but you need to somehow navigate this so your next three years are less frictionless. Less friction, yeah. Yeah, because this is taking up not only a whole lot of emotional, because as you can imagine, I wasn't productive for the rest of the day. I let that one thing like basically ruin my day. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and And it's just. To, to a point where I, like, you're right. I do want to make this work for the next three years because I'm finally making, like, this job has enabled me to make some serious progress on my own projects. Like, it's because of that bonus that I received that I'm able to buy all the materials and have them actually, like, I can finally, the what we were talking about, like, I finally can outsource the production of it to somebody else. So I'm not doing it in my kitchen. And so I can do a larger run. Like, it's entirely made possible by the fact that I also work this job. But the question that needs to be asked then is like, well, 
because also a part of it at the time when I was transitioning from the startup to back into this fold was that it was also a little bit for my um, mental sanity. I was really stressed out. Uh, right. Because you didn't know if this was a real thing, the startup. What the fuck startups. was happening? Yeah. I didn't know if I was going to continually be able to pay my bills. Like here I have security, at least I have stability. Right. That stability allows me to make the moves on my other project. Like it's only because of that that I'm able to do so. But if this starts becoming an unfair sort of or like not unfair, but an unadvantageous trade off where I'm dedicating all my time to my main job, but I'm not able to facilitate what I'm trying to do in my personal time, then all of a sudden this doesn't seem like such a good payoff. But it will be like especially if. I were to have shares that would vest in four years. And if that were the case, that would really be helpful. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's kind of complicated in that, in that sort of way because it's like I don't want to keep making the same mistakes that I have previously. And before, God, now I realize how fucking dumb I was, right? Because I didn't even have a job that was as intensive as this or like, you know, a career quote unquote. And I was sinking all my time into that and not into pursuits that actually were things that I wanted to do. Like I, I, you know, I, I kind of am harsh on myself in my earlier twenties because I don't think I understood the framework of how this works, honestly. And because I, um, as we've said on previous podcasts recently, I'm a recovering academic, uh, because I thought the only way to do anything was to get another piece of paper. So I also spent a lot of time doing that, which wasn't 100% the most productive route either. So what I want to make sure I'm doing is I want to make sure that I'm not doing the same. I'm not making the same mistake here. The only way we actually like end up getting better throughout our lives is by not making the same mistakes over and over again. We have to learn from those mistakes. So I don't know. What's your take on that? Like, do you, do you think that... I have a better approach this time around, or do you think that I'm making the same mistakes that I was last time? It sounds like you're going to be making the same mistakes. Hmm. Okay. So I, 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 it's, I don't, I don't, I can't provide a proper solution because I've never been yeah. in a situation like this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and cause it, everything I've had, uh, situations that are similar to this, it's not, it's always been like, it's not within a company. It's like separate people working with each other or separate companies right, like, interacting like with each other. Yeah. Different team members or different people like helping out on a project or something. It's not, it's not the same kind of framework. Right. But uh, has, have there been any other, you, you don't talk to this guy at all. No. You never hear from him. You don't hear things about him. I mean, I attend the meetings that he, you know, has where he, and he gives, refuses to acknowledge you. Yeah. He gives everyone else under the sun a shout out except for me. Weird. And you deserve a shout out every once in a while. Well, I certainly did. That's the thing. Now, I, I mean, I haven't really done anything to move the needle that fucking much. But when I have a crushing year to the point where the the uh, chief revenue <laughs> officer has to say something, it's like, yeah, I kind of expected you to say fucking something. Right. Yeah, so it's it's. I think it has something to do with your. Yeah, you need to figure this out, dude. It sounds like I think you're right. I think it, I think he's mad that I pulled the nuclear option and left, and then I think he's mad. I th- I didn't even think about it the way that you just laid it down, but it's like yeah, somebody other than him came and got me. 
and like picked me back up. Like to it fix wasn't his department. Yeah. Yeah. To fix his department. Oh dude. It makes so much sense now. Yeah. It, it wasn't his call. He got outranked probably by somebody in the sales org who said, no, we need that fucker back. And so right. then he might've gotten outvoted on that. Yeah. Shit. I didn't even think about it that way. So, and I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to resolve that. I don't think a conversation will fix that. No, it might be a little bit more deep rooted is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. See, and that's, that's kind of where I think that like, maybe I should just, cause right now I'm at, I'm at a good cruising altitude. Like maybe I should just keep doing a good job, but don't, you know, look for any of these big leaps. Like I'm, you know, maybe I'm not going to make the next position or maybe I'm not going to, you know, become like a, a leader on anything or anything like that. But maybe that's in a sense, a good thing. If I just get, let me, like, let me ask you this. What, how much more, how, how much further along would you want to actually get? Like, I don't know how much you're getting paid. I don't know how much your bonuses are, but it seems like you're at a comfortable level. I'm, I'm at a comfortable level. It's actually weirdly enough. It's less about the pay than it is about specifically the title. And it is specifically about what you do in that title. Well, make it about the pay. Because you need to be able to put some money away so you can take three months off between leaving this job and starting Flow Roll. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a fair perspective. But for me, so um, I told you about that supplement guy that I've been uh, really kind of digging. And like, I actually want to have a personal meeting with him. I wonder if he'd be available to have a call. Because uh, he like legitimately has shown me a whole lot about how to go about what I'm currently trying to do. Like he already runs a successful company, like a million dollar company um, out of Texas. Yeah. So I've kind of been mirroring myself after this guy. And uh, and he um, Nick Bear, uh, he's just like absolutely incredible. He started a company while he was still deployed in Korea and he was able to build up like enough of a revenue stream and all that kind of stuff. He knows a lot about how to minimize your expense while putting out great. Pro- like he's like basically I'm at this click stage where he was able to execute really efficiently and that was able to kind of get him good business at a ground floor level. So I'm, I'm uh, I bought his book. Uh, I, I read it. Um, I've been keeping up with him just on everything that he's doing. I find him, you know, I mean, he's more now he's kind of more into the social media game and doing that whole thing. Um, because he, you know, doesn't need to probably run his company like hands on because he has, you know, employees and stuff. But he has a lot of material from back like YouTube videos from when he was doing it all himself. And so I'm just like watching these videos. I'm taking notes. I've been reading his book. Like it's it's just incredible stuff. And one of the things that he really called out was that he took advantage of the time that he was in the army because he got additional certifications on uh, on uh, supply chain and shipment and stuff. And he was like, no, it wasn't the most exciting stuff. You know, other people were out there doing like field exercises and running and gunning and stuff like that. But he's like, but I had a greater vision and I saw what I wanted out of this. So now I totally had a background in logistics so that when it came to drop shipping stuff and getting this all organized, I already knew what I was up to. I had an edge. So the way that I figured it is that if I have three more years at this company, I would like to be... Um, a director under the operations thing, because then 
I'm in control of not only organizing these deals and like planning for what's incoming and what funds are coming, but I'm also planning on how we're pushing out product and how we're doing that. And that then I could take and use the same principles and like learn the background on how we do that, how we do inventory management, how we do, which of course would be different for my own personal thing. But since I'm trying to communicate with a third party overseas company that will actually be doing the management of my inventory and supply. And then hopefully we just, we either ship it here to the United States where either I have to then get somewhere where I store it all, or we just ship direct from that location here. You know, like I'm learning how to do all that stuff now. And I'm like, I've been on the phone with people. It's crazy. Like being on the phone with um, Chinese manufacturing. In fact, I kind of just want to record some of these calls so we can have them as bonus material for the podcast. Cause it's like, Trying to because I'm trying to negotiate right now with like I'm finding different rates with these different overseas manufacturing companies, which is pretty fun. I'm going to be honest. It's like this is how I know I'm lame and becoming an adult because I'm like actually having a good time, like finding out the cost per unit on on this type of stuff and like doing all this stuff. But like I want to have a background built up in that so that I can use that so I can basically I can either at my own time expense and whatever I can learn how to do something or. I can use the time and expense that I'm currently earning money on to teach me how to do these things. And that was kind of my goal. If that's not a possibility, I know I can figure this out completely outside of that. But I figured like that would kind of be my like meet me in the middle point where uh, like uh, have you ever seen a supply and demand graph? Yeah, they go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. Well, Um, no. It sounds like you have some goals. Just make, write those goals down. You know, I need to make yeah. you know make X amount of dollars. I need to learn how to communicate this with a team. I need to learn yeah. how to be a director of a department. I need to learn how yeah. to, you know, send emails to Chinese salesmen. Dude, it gets well. I haven't. I haven't. I I probably should shift to an email game just so I can get something in writing because I've just been hammering the phone, um, uh-huh. which has been complicated because it's like, you know, they have more like westernized people manning the phones and like kind of discussing this thing. But it's really kind of hard for me because I got one. It was super weird that I got one offer, um, but in local currency. So I was like, wait a minute. Like, so we were discussing because I was like, that sounds really high. Like he was just giving me a number. And I was like, that sounds really high. What What's that about? Whatever. And as we got further into it, I was like, oh, he's not talking in dollars. Like I, I, I realized that as we, as we just like kept going, but I just, I kind of just assumed that he understood that I would be reflecting in dollars. So he was talking in dollars. And I was like, that's the highest rate I've had all day. Like, what are you talking about, dude? That's crazy. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I should I should actually use that call recorder that I have on my phone so I, we could just uh, post this this stuff. Like, I don't know if it's of any value. At least it's kind of funny because it's like me like struggling to understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's like you know I'm I'm picking up things here and there and like I'm actually doing the stuff and that's what I like. If I have to pat myself on the back a little bit about like the difference between now and previous uh, times when I've kind of looked into the stuff is like. I'm doing the legwork, you know, so it's it's different than before where I would just like basically say things like, oh, well, I need another degree for that. So I should study this and then I can get there one day. It's like, no, I'm doing the legwork and I'm figuring this piece out. But it's it's really problematic because I now I know how I'm going to 
synthesize the product, but I still don't know anything about logistics and how I'm going to like ship at scale. How am I going to store this stuff? Um, do I need to store the stuff? Could I perhaps just have them make it and ship? Like I'm trying to arrange one of those scenarios where I don't actually have to take reception of any materials. Um, but that so far hasn't been part of the deal anywhere. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. I'm trying to navigate a lot of stuff that I don't really know that much about, to be honest. Is there a department at your current employment that you could probably learn from? Yeah, there is. Is it, is it the sales ops department? It's within ops, but it wouldn't have any visibility to this guy. Like he wouldn't know the difference. If I was hanging out with those people and like chatting with them, like he wouldn't know the difference. Right. Well, see, he doesn't care about you at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, that's, that's kind of why I've been buddying up with some people in uh, order fulfillment and like sales orders, because I'm trying to learn the basics of, okay, so you put out a payment to this company that, you know, is doing this third party thing. Then we get payment from the customer that covers that cost as well as the cost for us to ship. Now we ship all this product. We only get revenue on it. We can only recognize revenue on it once they've accepted it. Um, and at the time that they give first payment. And so like I'm, I'm taking notes and, and like writing down this stuff because I'm trying to figure out how would that actually work? How do I actually like once I collect payment, I'm obviously I have an overhead cost that I'm paying out to distributors and shippers and manufacturers and all that kind of stuff. How do I make sure I'm pricing like that's what I'm also trying to figure out is like, how do I make sure then once I stabilize this, how do I price a product such that I'm making like what is an acceptable margin of profit such that I can like stabilize like right now I'm just I'm lining up stuff my favorite thing right now is to work in excel I'm just doing spreadsheets all day and I'm trying to figure out what the material costs are and the problem is is that right now if I was to do a major run because I don't have any rotating revenue I'm just like deeply in the red which I think I just have to accept right like I think I just have to accept that for now because that's how it is everybody starts in the red right Right. So I think I just have to accept that for now. But like, I want to make sure that I have a game plan to not just like <laughs> lose money. <laughs> yeah. Just have it keep going down. Just yeah. Just like it. it's like everyone starts going down, but it's like everyone, you know, you got to you got to tilt up. But it's like, what if I just keep <laughs> sliding? Down. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm struggling with right now. But then this conversation kind of threw it into the mix or like this this thing that happened midweek. Because now I was like, well, shit, what happens if I'm not able to progress the way that I want to and gain the experience that I wanted to be able to learn and directly place into my own use? So that's kind of the threat with that. But maybe you're right. Maybe I should just be focused on, um, as the kids say, securing the bag and getting payment. And I can learn this other stuff. Like, Well, no, to secure your payment, uh, secure the bag. You know, learn what you can from all the departments. If you want to make this frictionless, it's going to require a conversation. But I don't Mm. think it should be a one-on-one conversation. You think that'd be too aggressive? I think you need to talk. Have if you want to talk with him, have someone else present, or have a talk with something. You know, it might be childish, but maybe talk to the guy that called you back. Yeah, like, hey, what's up with this guy? 
Like, I yeah. don't know how to deal with this guy. You've worked with him longer. What do I do to get yeah. on his good side or, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I thought that coming back and like really kicking ass and stuff would be putting me on the good side. Cause it's like, Hey, I'm demonstrating that I'm here. I'm back. I'm here to work. I'm here to crush it for you. Like I thought that that was the idea. No, that you coming back shows that the success of his department is relies on one person. Hmm. Yeah. Not the entire. I assume sales ops has like a hundred people working in that yeah. department. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the Easy. one that came in and saved the day, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it is crazy. And it is crazy that like, you know, if that's the case, I kind of should be paid more. Right. Exactly. Just just saying like if that is the case, then. But anyways, well, maybe, maybe leverage that to get a, another promotion raise. <laughs> but first, I'm I need to get. A, yeah. Call the CRO. Be like, hey man, I'm not I feeling feel appreciated. appreciated. I'm not a, being appreciated by this dude right here. <laughs> Honestly, the CRO, like, if he did answer my call, I'd be like, hey, it's a Tish, you know, whatever. And he'd be like, who? <laughs> like, you know, he wouldn't even know. He'd be like, oh yeah, I mean, I put you on a slide in a deck, you know, a couple months back. I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. What's crazy but. is he didn't even make that slide deck. Oh, probably not. His assistant no. did for sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. His assistant's assistant. Anyways, well, I appreciate all the guidance and the context here because it's like basically, you know, I, yeah, it's, I I still have these like corporate ass problems that I just don't know how to navigate because I've never been in a place where I have to navigate these things. Yeah. It's weird. Well, anyways, all that aside, thank you for the therapy session. Uh, Got anything to plug? Uh, just follow me on Instagram at Elephant Scout and our my podcast, Tucson Heat, episode five comes out tomorrow. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So if you can like, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff, uh, I would appreciate it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had the opportunity to because um, episode four dropped last week, right? Yes. Yeah. So I haven't had the opportunity to listen to episode four yet, but I'm it's it's almost like I kind of want to. And it, and it sucks. I, I appreciate the way that you're dripping them out. But it's like it's kind of like watching um, like a, a, a Netflix series or something like that. It's like I don't want to wait for each or it's like the difference between watching an HBO series and watching something on Netflix. Netflix will drop the whole series or the whole right. season right then. HBO drops in one episode at a time. And I've got to say, it does a good build because that's what got me so invested in episode three, which weirdly enough, you said was not your favorite episode. To me, episode three is like the episode. That one was my favorite. I loved it. Um, but but so for me, it's like it's it's been building. So maybe that is a good effect that you're dropping it ep- episode by episode because it's been building. It's had this building effect for me. But at the same time, I'm like, I get I got done with episode three and I was like, all right, well, Put on the next next one. one. I'm ready to go. Let's keep going. Yeah. Let's keep going. So I'm excited as they're all coming out. Um, We're getting more. You said I keep asking you this. Um, It's an eight episode arc or a nine episode arc? There are eight episodes. So we are over the hump. Yeah. Sweet. We are just about past halfway. I have to imagine um, the intensity is only going to crank up from here. Uh, Really excited for for, uh, the next episode. So yeah, definitely everyone go check those out. Um, listen, like, comment, review, subscribe, etc. Um, for me, just find me on at Atish Mazish. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it for the moment. Uh, got a lot of ideas, a lot of plans, but unfortunately at this stage, all I'm doing is worrying about 
what some guy in my company thinks of me, so uh, I need to shift my priorities. Uh, that said, if, if any listener is on um, Treehouse, I am also on Treehouse, uh, a Tish Mazish. Uh, not what you think it is. It's not a social media platform. Treehouse is actually free plug here for Treehouse. Treehouse is a learning platform for um, uh, mostly for uh, programming and things of that ilk. Myself, I'm specifically doing things. I'm taking courses and stuff that I know is going to help me. I'm trying to do some demand planning and uh, some advanced analytics uh, which I'm trying to integrate into my uh, flow roll uh, plan of action. So if anyone is on Treehouse and uh, can teach me why I suck so much at Python, <laughs> please hit me up there. <laughs> I'm also uh, at Atish Mazish on Treehouse. 